What makes the good life the good life? This podcast is on a mission to find out. So join us as we explore the Heartland's best and most honest voices. Venture to all four corners of York County, because when it comes to quality of life, it's all about keeping it local. Brought to you by the York County Development Corporation, this is 17 County. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to like, subscribe, and review our podcast, 17 County Podcast. Doing so helps grow the podcast, and so we appreciate all the help from our listeners. Um, All the reviews and the likes, you know, help get us through the Google algorithm and the Spotify algorithm. Mm -hmm. So we appreciate those support from our our listeners. We would also like to take the time to thank our members. Uh, Without these great members, we wouldn't be able to do what we do here at YCDC. Members can be seen at the uh, on the member directory page at yorkdevco.com. That's yorkdevco.com. So I'd like to thank Cornerstone Bank, MPPD, York State Bank, uh, Collins Aerospace, Ayers and Ayers Construction, Henderson State Bank, and Patina Studios. Uh, thank you all for everything you do um, in helping support YCDC. And we'll get into the interview. Our guest today was born in western Nebraska and found her way to York County with love. That love blossomed into a family and support of a small business. Carrie has been involved in the jewelry industry since 1980, while she was attending school at the University of Nebraska in Lincoln. In 1985, she started designing her own line of jewelry, KVK Jewelry Design. In 2020, she decided to open the Jewelers Vault to showcase her designs amongst other designers. Please welcome Carrie Vota Cleaver to the show. Welcome. Thank you. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us. First thing we have, a little kind of fun segment, just kind of keep get people kind of loosened up and kind of talking. So we'll do our, this year, we'll do in a segment called Three on Three, where we're doing our top three versus our bottom three in a certain topic. Um, this, this week's topic is fruits and vegetables. Um, so I'll go first with my top three uh, fruits and vegetables. Up first is corn on the cob. Big corn on the cob person, especially as it's starting to warm up uh, here the last few weeks. Uh, Corn on the cob is just starting to be on top of my mind, looking around for those different stores. Um, I've always been a big fan of grapes, you know, especially once again as it's warming up. I like to just pop on some grapes, you know, maybe throw them in the freezer for a little bit, and then and then you know kind of enjoy them. And I've always been a big orange clementine kind of person, just whenever those are in season. So I think we're kind of winding down maybe on clementine season. So I think so too. I'm not sure if I'm going to be getting those very much anymore. So how about you, Carrie? What's the top three for you? Oh boy, well. Right now it's asparagus season, so I've got to say asparagus. I love that. I love to make eggs benedict from it. We fix it in many different ways. So asparagus is my number one, then broccoli, and of course I love a good sour grapefruit. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, any other certain fruits that you're like, uh, any, any way you have to eat that grapefruit? Like I know some people oh, like sometimes do some weird tricks. Gra- well, a little bit of brown sugar on top. Okay, yeah, yeah. nice, nice. And then what's your uh, bottom three? Oh, gosh. Garlic, onions, and probably raspberries. Although I like raspberries, but they get stuck in my teeth. It's so, just the yeah. mess that comes along with raspberries. It's the mess with the raspberries, right. <laughs> Mine would be peas, cantaloupe, and broccoli. I'm just your classic picky eater, and I'm just, you know, I'm one of those people, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, cantaloupe, I don't know what it is, but whenever I have it with my honeydew and everything, it just it's always the last thing that gets eaten. So what you need to do, this is a trick I found out in Austria. You, gotta, you need to wrap it in ham. The cantaloupe and ham, and it's really? sweet and this, yeah. The sweet I'm gonna have to try salty. that. Sweet and salty and combination, and you'll start loving cantaloupe. There we go. I'm gonna try that. <laughs> Perfect. So we'll jump into the interview now. 
Uh, talk to me a little bit about Wellfleet. Where is that at? I'm sure some people, when they hear that, they go, oh, I know exactly where that's at on the map. But... Right, very few. <laughs> less than 50 population, and we lived about 15 miles from Wellfleet yet. So it's between McCook and North Platte. Um, very small town. We um, have a non-paved main street through town. No stoplights. Very small. But it's a, it's a great community and um, the entire community. We always were, say we're really truly raised by a village there. You know, neighborhood ladies, they taught, every neighborhood lady had her certain skill that she had. Some taught us to sew, some were excellent bakers. And so it was truly a combination of, of many women in our community. It's fun when you have that, you know, there's so many different people that you had in your lives that you can point to that taught you that skill. It's like, oh, I learned this from, you know, Aunt, or Lucy or whoever, right. you know, just help me out. Exactly, exactly. And so you you said you grew up uh, outside of town. Uh, were you on like a farm or where we're, were you at? We were on a ranch. Um, we still have the family ranch out there. Um, and it is um, was homesteaded by my grandfather in 1884. And he came from Illinois with his siblings and they took out um, homestead and tree claims. And that was the beginning of the ranch. Then as time went on, my father and mother added to the ranch. Um, we did... Um, Angus cattle. We raised Angus purebred cattle, and my father was one of the main forces behind certified Angus beef that's still going strong today. Um, so our Angus roots run really deep, and um, we're still involved with the Angus cattle business. Although we have no longer do not have cattle on the ranch, but we, we um, we're still involved. And then, how many people were out there on the ranch? Was it you, know, you and the so folks, was, or who? My parents and I, and then I had two older sisters, um, Chris, who sadly passed away in '88, um, and then my sister Kathy, and she lives in Montana, and it's still involved in the Angus business too. So we had a great, great youth growing up there. We worked hard. It was um, a lot of family time. We spent a lot of time on horseback. Um, when I was in high school, my dad and I, we averaged about 40 miles a day on a horse. So it, it was, yeah, it, it was a great, it was a great life growing up. And actually with my woolly mammoth um, that I have, fossilized woolly mammoth that uh, jewelry I sell in the store, that was where my love of that came from is Archie, the oh, yeah. woolly mammoth from the university, was found at the ranch just south of us. So. Uh, one day, my dad said, "Hey, honey, let's grab a shovel." And we went out there on horse on the horseback with a shovel. And he had seen a something sticking out the bottom of a really steep bank. And we dug and dug, and sure shooting, it was. We believe it's a woolly mammoth rib. That was really cool. That's yeah. quite the experience, you know, to be that close to, you know, Archie, you right. know, and uncovering all that with all his legacy across, you know, okay. in Nebraska and at Morrill Hall. That's really cool. Yeah, that's quite the experience. And so. Um, what were some other kind of memories that you had out, out there on the ranch, you know, kind of growing up? Gosh, well, it was pretty isolated. I mean, if we didn't go to town, which was going to 30 miles into North, North Platte, we could go weeks without seeing anyone except each other. So, of course, we had no internet, uh, very limited television. So we did read a lot, um, but we really enjoyed just working, too. Um, enjoyed meeting the people and my folks you know, it really instilled a good work ethic in us. What are some of those, I guess, traits that you think, you know, um, maybe were brought out of you even more by, you know, working on a ranch, you know, the, mm. was it the accountability or the responsibility or the, you know, what, what one of those or a few of those things do you think kind of, mm. you really learned the most out there? 
Oh, that's a great question. So, so many things. I, I think, like you said, accountability, um, having a great work ethic, to be honest, to treat people fairly, all those have translated into business. Um, one of my favorite stories, though, and I think this goes back to a lot of Nebraska kids. Uh, my daughter, she's also in the industry in New York City, and she was doing a really large diamond deal, like probably millions of dollars worth of diamonds on this tray. And, she was dealing with this diamond broker and her sh her shoe strap broke. And so she asked him if she could borrow a paper clip and she did and she fixed her shoe and kept on going with the sale. And at, at the end he said, where are you from? And she said, I'm from Nebraska. So I think that just kind of is all of us here in Nebraska. You know, we just kind of pitch in and figure it out. And, and I think that that's how the jewelry, you know, how I run the store too. You know, if there's a problem, we try to solve it. And like all of us did out on, on the ranch in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, you really had to learn, you know, if you didn't have the right tool, I mean, what what can be the right tool or right. what what is the right solution or right. you know, what is a good solution here? Exactly. Well, yeah, lots of problem-solving skills, you know, out there when, you know, things break and you don't necessarily have, you know, the best solution, but you just need a solution. What were some other, you know, kind of activities, you know, out there on the ranch were you much like I don't know of a, like a, you mentioned horseback riding. I didn't know if you did like any like sport like riding or anything like that. No, or... we were very involved in 4-H though. Um, so we um, we did all the 4-H projects you could. I think like by the time I was done, we did over 100 projects, different oh projects in 4-H. Yep. So, uh, but the main one was showing cattle. Mm -hmm. So we were real fortunate too and we were able to show cattle all over the country and and so we went to shows like in dallas and denver every year louisville kentucky so that mom our parents were you know we were blessed that they did get us out of just lincoln county and we got to travel quite a bit and meet people from all around the the country which continues on because they sell jewelry actually to a lot of my Angus family. It's what we call them, Angus, other people in the Angus industry um, still today. What are some things that people maybe don't realize about the Angus industry or even showing cattle that um, maybe is, you know, maybe a misconception or something that um, you've always maybe heard or maybe kind of battled, um, you know, over the last few, not last few years, but, you know, just, you know, throughout your life. Okay. Well, probably one of the funniest things is, is when I wholesale jewelry um, to different shows and, and the show circuit in the jewelry business, as in showing cattle, is quite small and you get to know other vendors and other suppliers. And so when the word was out that I was a ranch girl from Nebraska, that it was nonstop questions for me. So I would get funny ones at each show. Like they were, the guys would talk about it and then they would come up and ask me a funny question. And, and one is, what part of the cow is the Angus from? And so that, that was always kind of, <laughs> so it, it was pretty good. You know, so I kind of took it as an opportunity to educate them on beef and educate them in the cattle business. And, and even today, you know, you call and say, hi, I'm Carrie from Nebraska. They know immediately who you are because there's not many of us there that, that are in the, you know, in the industry. Definitely. You've definitely, uh, you know, had a, made a name for yourself. Yeah. Just with your, you know, expertise outside of your you know, <laughs> expertise right. right exactly yeah the diamond and the cattle girl yeah yeah definitely. I, I can remember even when i was a when i applied for my first american express i put down ranching and jeweler as the two combination of my my career and well, she she called me and she said this is the first combination of rancher jeweler we ever got so. I, I need more information please yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
But it was kind of funny. My dad always told me if he wasn't a rancher, he would have been a jeweler. So I think that kind of stuck in my mind and, and also inspired me to go into the business. So was your uh, was your mom or dad like an avid collector of jewelry then? That, yes. Yeah? Yes. That's my, kind of where you've kind of got the eye from and things like that? I think so. My my dad loved buying my mom beautiful jewelry. And so and she has a blue diamond. He, he just got a beautiful jewelry and he'd travel to maybe a bull sale in Chicago and then he'd pick up a piece of jewelry from, from different places he traveled to. And also from our local jeweler. He was a big one to support the local jeweler in North Platte. And, um, so, and then my mom, so dad loved the jewelry, but my mom had a great eye for design. And so she always got Vogue and Town on Country. So even though we were 30 miles from town, she always was very lovely and put together well and had a strand of pearls on and, you know, went on with her business. And, and it, 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 was, it was good. So I think she inspired the, the style and the fashion sense of the business. And my dad was the inspiration um, for the, the value of the jewelry business. How, how did you end up at UNL? Were you, were you going to study? Okay. What were you going to study? Okay. Of course, I, I followed my, my mom and my two older sisters into the university. And my degree was actually in education and early childhood. So I did teach for 19 years, but I always had the passion and the love for the jewelry business. So when I was at the university, I had gone to Australia um, with a tour with the students. And there I traded rattlesnake rattles that I killed on the ranch for black opals. And so I came back to Lincoln and I had designed a sketch for a ring for my sister and one for myself. And the Fred Witt, the jeweler there in Lincoln, hired me to come work for him. So that's kind of was the beginning of my jewelry career then was with Fred Witt. And um, so I worked for him all through college and loved the jewelry business. But of course, the logic in me, you know, I was thinking it'd be tough to make a, bus a business doing this and I should be a teacher and something logical. And so, uh, but it was always my passion. The jewelry was always a passion of mine. And so throughout, um, you know, the years I, I did the custom design work for for friends that were getting married. And then when I had my first child, I was um, actually pushing a car through Borsheim's, him in a baby stroller through Borsheim's. And I was stopped by the owner and asked about the jewelry I had on. I told them I had made it. And then he invited me to come in and show him the collection and then Borsheim's I got into Borsheim's, which at the time I didn't know what a big deal it was, but looking back, it was a real big deal. So I was in Borsheim's until um, it changed hands, then Warren Buffett bought it, and then the structure changed. But it, it was a great experience. And then I also, you know, just have met a lot of great people through it. Um, so I started at the university with the Australia trip and the rattlesnakes. That's really cool. That's, you know, quite a, quite a journey. What, what were you involved with? Um, was it just you know pretty much studies, or were you able to you know get involved with any like um, like academic groups or any sororities, fraternities, anything like yeah. that? I, I was a member of the Alpha Chi Omega sorority, and I was an Alpha Gamma Rho sister, and that's actually how I met my husband. He was also an AGR, and so I always thought, gosh, he was a cute guy, and so <laughs> then he, he he finally asked me out, but it uh, took a while. So I was involved, you know, with those two things. I was also involved in Block and Bridal, which is an mm -hmm. agriculture group. Um, 
those were probably my three main activities. And I mean, yeah, I'm, having been in a fraternity myself, I know, yeah, joining a sorority, I mean, those things keep you busy they enough do. with, you know, yeah. all the responsibilities that, that come with that. And so uh, talk to me a little bit about life um, after college. So you had met your husband in college. Um, did you guys get married immediately after college or, you know, how did that kind of work out? So this is kind of a really funny story. So he asked, he asked me out one time in college and then I already had a date. So he didn't ask me out again. So I thought, oh, for Pete's sake. So I was with a girlfriend and we were talking about all the guys we dated in college and all the guys we wish we had dated. And I had said, I wish I would have dated Steve Claver in college. And so she gave me a pep talk and said, you know, I call him, I would call him. So I thought, oh. So I got up the courage and I called him up and asked him out. So he said yes. And then, and then that, that was kind of it. And, but we had, because at that time I was ranching again. So I was 200 miles west of York County and he was farming. And so we were kind of- well, Long whole, distance. Right, so the whole romance back then, of course, before cell phones, it was all just by dial, dial up phone and, and we just called and talked a lot. And that was kind of the, so our romance was through the phone and then we got married about a year after our first date. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. That's exciting. So we had about 12 dates, actually, in person. <laughs> one, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> one, one a month. One a month. It. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Um, so how did you decide on setting up into Henderson? I'm, well, I'm the, guessing it's good. Right. Because that's where, right. At that time, he was farming. Um, so we we moved to Henderson, and that's where my husband's from, and it was a great community, and I enjoyed raising our three children there. What um, were your first impressions of Henderson? Populated, because <laughs> actually I'm coming from six could, times larger than your town. Yes, exactly, and I could see any of my neighbors. So that took a while, a bit to, for me to get used to. That I could actually look out and see a neighbor. Oh my goodness, neighbors! Yeah, yeah neighbors. <laughs> so that was funny. So that was kind of my first impression. That was really a lot of people here. Nice community to move into. No, that's that's great. That's great. And so, um, uh, so tell me, yeah, about your family. Uh, yeah, raising family there. Okay. Yeah. So Chase is. Um, he lives in Omaha. He's engaged, and he and his fiance just bought a home there. Um, got to see him this past weekend, um, and he's doing really well. And our son Garrett, he was in New York in the film and TV industry, and then during COVID, that was one of the blessings of COVID. He decided to kind of regroup, and he moved back to Henderson and is working for the local cabinet maker and it's been great having him back and in his viewpoints on things and he's real creative so it's it's great to have his eye and his ideas and then our daughter Mariah uh, she followed kind of in my first steps and went to university for one year and then she transferred to FIT in New York City and has been there since then and is in the jewelry business there in New York. What's FIT? Fashion Institute of Technology. See, I was wondering if it was yeah. that yeah. simple of a guess. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, and she's doing really well. So she's had a great go in her career. She actually, um, when she was still in schools in college, she sourced the pr products that were on the cover of Vogue on Michelle Obama. She's had, she's having a stellar career now in New York. And she does production for a famous designer now there in New York. But it's great having her there on 47th Street because she's kind of my eyes and ears. What's going on in What's the world? What's going on? Yeah. This is the latest mom. And, you know, have you seen this new cut of diamond? And 
So helps you stay on the trends and all that kind of stuff. Absolutely, it's getting a a twenty seven year old viewpoint on on the industry and and what's coming and and um, so it's fantastic. I enjoy getting having her in the business and being able to bounce ideas off of Mariah. So what were some of the benefits you think of you know getting to raise your you know kids into Henderson as opposed to maybe you know having to raise your kids in New York City had you actually stayed in New York City or um, you know what kind of things did you kind of enjoy of you know getting to raise your kids in such a tight knit kind of type community kind of like what you kind of were used to right so uh, yeah the the children they loved how being raised in a small town um, they always joke that if they do end up raising their children in a large city. They'll send them home to uh, my husband and I to um, have them detassel all summer and, <laughs> and teach them how to work. And, and so I, I think that that was probably kind of it. They they learned community. They have a sense of community. They have uh, one of my favorite stories is too is we would go to trade shows. They would be helping me with the company I work for in Austria. And we would do a trade show in New York. and. All the other jewelers would just be amazed because my kids would be working and helping me. And they say, how do you get your kids to work so hard? And my children would laugh and say, this is our vacation. You know, usually we're in 100 degree cornfields detasseling. So to be in an air-conditioned Java center in New York City is like a, totally a vacation. So it, it's all of that. And I would tell the kids to, no matter where you are in life, you know, you, chances are physically you're probably not having to work quite this hard, you know. So it, it, it was all a really, it was a great journey for them. And and uh, I think they they do appreciate that they were raised in a small town. Most certainly, yeah. I mean, uh, working out in the field sometimes isn't the most mentally sweating thing, but it is physically exhausting. Exactly. Uh, but I imagine, you know, sitting working on gemstones isn't probably the most physically demanding but it's probably mentally taxing uh, on that side as well so yeah exactly. you take it where you can yeah that's right mm -hmm. and so starting a business um, what was that kind of like were you raising a family when you decided to you know do the whole KVK or uh, jewelry design you know talk to me about you know how that kind of started and and kind of how you kind of ended up you know with the jewel result today like I said, I started in college and working for Fred Witt. And then from there, I um, when I had my first son, then I started making my own pieces. And that's when I got into Borsheim's. And this is on the side while you're also teaching. Uh, well, right? I was also teaching. This yep. whole time. So you're doing yeah. two things. Yeah. Two things. Yeah. <laughs> well, three things. Your mom, uh, you were working. You yeah. Were, yeah. You were doing all sorts my, of things. Yeah. Farming. Yeah. Yeah. Lots, lots of things. Raising cattle on the side, yeah, we, we were busy. Being on the school board, yeah, lots of fun things, lots going, things on going on during that time. But um, anyway, so, so you know, I, I, I have just been so fortunate. And then I got into a lot of the clients in Lincoln and Omaha clients, and they heard about me and they wanted custom work done, so they reached out. And so I have families in, in Omaha that I'm 29 years, so I'm on the third generation of making their family jewelry. And they have me go there and I, you know, present stones to them. And it's it's a very, it's an interesting world to step into. Um, so uh, that has continued on. I've been very fortunate. And I'm, you know, like this coming um, week, I'll be going to a wedding in Hilton Head. And I did all the jewelry for that, which is beautiful, custom South Sea pearl earrings, 35 carats each that'll dangle off diamond hoops. 
and then I did all the wedding party jewelry and all the the mother of the bride and the bride and the um, jewelry. So it's 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 an adventure and it's it has really been a good business for me and I I'm very lucky. So from the KVK the jeweler's fault. So I I've done KVK for years and I just built it and I think working in the middle of nowhere you had to really be creative and to be able to market it and to think outside the box and and so that's kind of once the website was developed then that was really a game changer for me too so it you, was not just word of mouth then because so, you kind of had a storefront right in no, not really it was no just off my kitchen table okay, my storefront. okay so i would have engagement rings i you know it was i always said it was the the, the living lawn, room set up yeah the lawn <laughs> sidewalk up to up to my uh my my front door and these young guys getting their engagement rings and have a slow walk of you know the, walk. the final yeah the final walk before the engagement the, ring they're a green mile that's funny we should have painted sidewalk green yeah, yeah the green mile. <laughs> but anyway they uh yeah the jewelry store has been or the jewelry journey has been a good one for for myself and my family and so from the kvk jewelry design and then i did a lot of the jewelry for for people in um, business leaders here in York and in the area. So when the opportunity came up to possibly open a store, they reached out to me and I thought, well, that sounds like a great idea. So we were back and forth on that. And then I decided it was just a good time to open a storefront. And it's, you know, my children are raised and it's just a, a great time in my life. And so I thought COVID, by golly, that's not going to stop us. Let's just go ahead and do this. And it's been a great, a great opening. Um, and I think during COVID then too, the store I was able to get some great buys on diamonds that I've been able to pass on to the consumer. I also was I'm able to carry some really high designer lines that maybe on a normal year, they, the opening amount would have been so high, I could not have done that. But I have designers here in our store in York, Nebraska from Italy, German designers. We have them from um, Hong Kong. We have an Israeli line called Artemer that's done fabulously well. We've sold over 50% of those pieces already. Um, we have, of course, Decorey from California. We have a lot of designers that we have their pieces here that, again, in a normal year, it may not have happened that way. So there's always a blessing to every, every, um, every cloud, I guess. So that was kind of the blessing on this journey. Yeah, the thunderstorm that was COVID, you know, turned right. out actually, you know, blooming some really good stuff for you. Exactly. It really has done well. And I think, too, I think it's been a, a kind of move back to shopping local. So the people aren't, you know, going to Omaha now and to the, your bigger stores. They're thinking, oh, we can get it here. We I can get, get the same thing or we, just as good or even or better. Even better. Even better. <laughs> what do I even mean? Better. Even better. Yeah. Absolutely. Even better. Because, yeah, we can get it. We can get diamonds in overnight from New York. So whatever size of diamond you need, um, maybe a half carat to eight carats. I've sold them all here at the Jewelers Vault. So we, we can get the, any size diamond in you need. We can design the mounting or we can get a pre-made gorgeous mounting for you. So yeah, the big boys, they don't have anything over on us, especially with a daughter on 47th Street because we're getting the good deals. <laughs> I mean, they're coming through here at the Jewelers Vault. That's awesome. No, that's great. That's great. And so what was, um, what led you to opening up the Jewelers Vault? Like, was there a moment where you were like, I'm tired of, you know, sending my stuff to these people and, you know, being the middle person or, you know, what was, you know, the, you know, driving force to say, you know, I want to be selling my stuff instead of 
you know, maybe sending it somewhere and someone else selling it or you selling it over the phone or, you know. Um, that's a great question. There's there's probably a lot of things. So I used to sell a lot on Gym Shopping Network. I would do strands by the hundreds and I would make those in my basement in Henderson and they would sell. And I always wondered, I wonder where those end up. And now and then I would catch them on TV on like a newscast person or something. I'd say, oh, there's my piece. And I wondered, how did that necklace I made in my basement in Henderson get to that newscast person in New York or LA? And so it's really it's, it's great to see who gets my own product here in the store. So I love that part of it. I bet it feels great, you know, being able to have that hands-on of, I've made this, you know, I'm giving it to you, and now you get to wear it, and you get to right. you know, show it off. And instead of that kind of missing link of where you bought, you know, you sold it to someone, and then, like you said, you don't know how it got to that person. Exactly. And you so, know the story when you're selling right. it here. And, and so some of the necklaces I make, and a lot of my rings, though, they're made by a top manufacturer now in New York, and they hand fabricate everything. So they're at the point of, on these platinum mountings I do, they are so intricate and so gorgeous. So the people that I use in New York do the absolute top designers in the world. And they're making them also their, um, so I was one of their first clients um, with these, this manufacturing firm years ago. And so they have really loved to see how the business has blossomed too on a lot of my custom work. So again, you know, on the custom design, I have a client come in and, and we sit down and we meet and we figure out what their, they had, what their vision is, what their lifestyle is, what their budget is, and we come up with the ideal design for them. So you just kind of outlined the, like, Talk me a little bit more further through the process of, you know, say I'm someone coming in here and I want to buy an engagement ring or I want to buy a ring or whatever. What's the kind of that, what does that process look like? Because I'm sure a lot of people may get intimidated and they may not come in or they right. may hold off from doing some of this stuff. So so there's a lot of avenues we can do if you, if you would come in for a, a piece of jewelry, like let's say an engagement ring. So we can do either one that we have already made up and they come in and out the store and it's quick and easy and and that probably accounts for probably at least 50 percent of our sales especially our engagement rings sometimes they might have seen it on the online on my website or they like this certain style and they see it and we're real price competitive so then they buy um so that's one way of doing the business another one is they might have an idea um or they have seen a mounting they like that's called a semi-mount. So we have a lot of mountings in the showcase that the center diamond is not included. So it would just be the beautiful gold or platinum mounting. And so then the the, the customer can say, okay, I have a $5,000 budget and we see the mounting is $1,500. So now we know we have $3,500 to work with for the diamond. And so we can get in the we have quite a few diamonds here at the jewelers vault, but we can also get in diamond straight from New York um, to fit whatever budget that you would like in price range. Then the third option we have is all custom. And this process takes about three weeks. And um, then we would hand pick the diamond or you may have a family heirloom diamond and that would be fine too. And we were happy to work with the stones you have. And so um, we would begin on a setting. Um, so if you have some ideas of what you like, or like if in an engagement rings, a lot of times we get on their, the bride-to-be's Pinterest page because they have a lot of ideas. They love 
and they it, believe me you might not think oh my gal's been write them down uh believe me if you're getting close to that process they have a pinterest page probably <laughs> going about it so we like to take a peek on that now i have a, a advice for all you girls with the pinterest page put what size a ring you wear on there because that is really a problem. They come in and we have no idea what size. Is it, is it four? Is it six? It's, exactly, <laughs> you know. And so uh, that would be a big help. If we do a size, then you could truly get surprised by that engagement rate. Um, but it, it's a fun process. I, I love the custom work. I, it's just, I, yeah, it's just, I, I could do it all the time. It's fun. And before I open the store, for years, I would work till two or three in the morning and not have a clue it's that late because I loved it so much. I would just be working, 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 and I guess that's when you know you have your passion. Most definitely, yeah. When you when you find yourself, yeah, three a.m. still plugging along like it's three yeah. in the afternoon. Exactly. You know, you found yourself, yeah, something something great. KVK Jewelry Designs. Like, what can people expect, or like, what are some products that are like unique to KVK? Um, what are some things that you know people can come to expect when they, you know, you know, purchase a KVK or they, you know, are looking to purchase something that you've designed? So my signature pieces, I have a, a a couple. One is the lawn spinel, black spinel mixed with gemstones that I sold on Gem Shopping Network. I still have those here, um, and some of my clients they they'll get you know seven or eight and they just layer them and layer them and it's a fantastic look and it goes with dressy or casual. Um, also, the woolly mammoth um, jewelry that I've designed, that's sold internationally um, through either through our store now, the Jewelers Vault, or my old KVK website, um, but mainly through the Jewelers Vault. And so those pieces, um, if you're looking, it's, you know, it's not a huge market, but boy, if you're looking for something unique with woolly mammoth ivory, I'm, I'm the ticket in town to have. And also, I do dinosaur um, bone jewelry, which is unique too. Mix it with gold and diamonds, and it's it's a beautiful look. And you think this is just brown, but it's not. It's it absorbs all these different minerals throughout the hundreds of thousands of years. And same with woolly mammoth. It has gorgeous color to it. It has some blues and, of course, creams and grays, and it's just beautiful to see. It's very organic feeling. So those are probably my my three unique, really unique things. So if you Google me, that would probably come up, um, just because there's not many of us that work with that material. But I do sell like diamond rings. I, you know, I've sold uh, some recently. I sold a ring to California, and he had found, um, which always amazes me when they find me so far away for a diamond ring it's because good. you know you think of there's you know thousands of of, of us jewelers out there selling diamond rings, but he was looking for a turquoise and diamond band, and I had done one for a ranch girl here in Nebraska, and he had I had it on my website, and amazingly, somehow he found me. And so, and he was Native American, and he wanted that Arizona turquoise combination with diamond, and that was a beautiful ring that went out. So, um, so I guess my specialty on that is is that we can create it how you want it. We can use the material you want. We can. Um, another signature thing I do is a square shank. It's called a European square shank. And so it keeps the rain from turning on your hand, uh, um, which is a big issue, especially with, you know, larger diamonds. They they, they have a te tendency to turn a lot, or larger stones on top. If they're top heavy, they turn. So, you know, they, that helps make the rain very balanced. And 
so that's another I think signature thing I do. I also think about like earrings, the weight being a woman, you don't want a heavy earring, it drags the face down. So you know, I, I keep the who's wearing this in mind and their lifestyle in mind, you know. Um if it's a hard working Nebraska girl, those rings have to be built tough and they are. Um you can see on my website I have a great photo of a gal vaccinating cattle with all my rings on, you know. She has, there's cool. like four hands in the picture. They're blinged out with, with diamond rings from the jeweler's fault. So uh, it's so funny too. So when I talk to my fabricators there in New York, I say, you know, these rings have to be built tough for us Nebraska women because we don't take our rings off. And they go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, then I sent them the picture. It was up and down 47th Street. They could not believe that or women work like this in Nebraska. I think, yes. <laughs> and so now my rings are built extra tough. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, you've got uh, the built tough rings. Yeah, definitely. we do. We do. <laughs> uh, so talking, you were mentioning a little bit about your rings. Where has like the furthest that you've been to kind of deliver a ring? Or how far have you gone to deliver a ring? Because I grew up here in, in York and I was lucky enough to be friends with the um, the previous gentleman who owned the jewelers, jewelry store here in town, um, Taylor's, shout out Taylor's. Um, they were a great, great family. And so I always got to hear some stories about him traveling and going places to do some deliveries. Kind of what was, what's been the furthest you've gone for a delivery or how far have you gone for, you know, a, a client? Well, I, yeah, I guess I've done jewelry in Austria and I happened to go there. So I did deliver it to Austria. Not that that would be on my regular route or anything, but so yeah, that that's a good question. You know, I have clients all over. So I guess North Carolina now coming up in Hilton Head or South Carolina. Sorry, that's in South Carolina. I'll be delivering rain. I'm also doing one to Savannah, Georgia this coming month. So yeah, we have some long distance deliveries. A lot, a lot though is delivered by FedEx. You know, I just drop it in the mail and, and you know, FedEx does my work for me or UPS. But um yeah, it's it's a great business, and, and you do get to travel a lot in it. Definitely. We'll kind of jump into our rapid-fire questions here to kind of help round out the interview here. Uh, first things first is uh, we're kind of staying positive here on the podcast, and so the pandemic was kind of rough for everyone, but there were some you know positive parts. And so what was kind of a positive part for you for, for the pandemic? What was something that maybe you experienced that well, was kind of positive? I think personally, you know, son moving back from New York City was the hands down the most positive thing. And then opening the store. And again, there's really great benefits to, to um, or can be to hard times. And our sales were 20% higher than I had projected for the first three months. And it's just been really strong. So, um, I think that the positive part is is being able to offer some of the designers that we didn't have be I couldn't probably normally get. Also, some great buys on diamonds, so that's been positive. I haven't really seen a negative yet on my business, except now with India being closed, that it has affected some of the gemstone line channels coming through. The but, logistics stuff. On yeah, the back end. logistics, but not 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 very bad. Nothing no. nothing too directly. No. Yeah. All the, Although during the height of the pandemic, it was difficult to get a diamond in, and it was difficult to get, um, New York was closed. So that did impact the business some. So, I was gonna say all your logistics in New York were Yeah, the toast. logistics, in, I kind of forget that. You know, 
That's the thing, Derek. When I have a negative, I kind of put it out of my head. So I'm, <laughs> That's good. I'm good. a little bit of a Pollyanna in life. So, yeah, I kind of forgot about those months. I forgot <laughs> that I couldn't get anything from New York for a couple months. Yes, yeah. in L.A. Oh, my goodness. Cause so, it well, San Francisco, actually, is where I get a lot of my really beautiful gold chains. And they're all made in Italy, and they're shipped through Shipped a, over that way. A, yep. a, a family there in California. And... Yeah, I could not get my gold chains. I could not. Thanks for reminding me of all this. Oh my gosh, it was kind of a stressful couple months there. I bet. But yeah. you know, we all made it through, and we, people yeah. were very understanding. And and you know, I had it enough to get me by, but it did impact us some. You know, but again, but people were understanding that. Yeah, New York's closed now. Give give me a couple weeks, and we'll we'll get it done for you. We all got so used to that next day everything that it, it was kind of nice you know, that. It's going to be a week. It's going to be a couple of weeks. Yeah, know? exactly. Kind of like how it used to be. Right, know? right. It's going to be a little <laughs> bit. That's not just going to be there the next day. Um, so what's kind of, if you have a day off, um, what's kind of your favorite way to spend that day off? You know, what are you doing okay. uh, to spend those those 24 hours? You know, if you can do whatever you want. So if, if it's not lunch with family or friends, which would be my first choice, you know, just visiting a glass of iced tea and just chatting away. Then probably my second thing is a good movie, um, and I like any genre. It's just it was a good one. Yep. Um, maybe an old Turner classic or a, a new one. It's it's just a good movie. What was the last good movie you saw? Put you on the spot. Boy, that really puts me on the spot. <laughs> I can't even think. Um, gosh, we watch movies like every night. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> you so you've seen a lot of you so you have seen a lot of good movies. Yeah, we see movies. Yeah, we're big movie buffs. Uh, what's a favorite restaurant in York County? Maybe a place that you're always taking family or a place that you regularly visit. You know, what's kind of your favorite you know, place? Hands down, it would be chances are. We had so we have so many family memories there. Uh, you know, maybe Mother's Day or birthday celebrations. It's it's a favorite, you know. Uh, yeah, we love chances are. Did you, were you there then this past weekend? Were you, we you were not. Mother's we, Day? Yeah, we had Mother's Day actually. Um, we met our son in Omaha for Mother's Day. We met in Lincoln. But um, actually, my husband and I usually have a date night every Friday night at Chances Are. So we, we love our Chances Are. Heck yeah. Uh, what's a favorite meal that you have? Either something from Chances Are or maybe like a home-cooked meal? Oh, what's something probably, that you're always looking for? Probably a prime rib. You know, rare. Rare prime rib is probably my favorite meal. And that yeah, that probably started out on the ranch. I mean, right. we probably had quite a few of those yeah, growing up on the ranch. We did. Or if we had chicken or pork, we thought we were lucky. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, what's a favorite memory that you have here in York County? Been here a while. It could be, you know, a series of memories, or what's a handful of me- or a few memories that oh kind of stick out in your mind as you know something that um, is kind of favorite moments that you have. I I think. Probably the York County Fair when our three children were showing cattle and were involved in 4-H. That was a great memory because we sit around in the barn in the evening with friends and, and family and just, you know, just really enjoy that time. Um, so I, I think probably York County Fair was a great, is a great memory for York County. Uh, if you could spend 10 days in any part of the world, um, where would you be spending those 10 days? I know you're kind of a travel buff, so yeah, where would you go back to, or would you like go somewhere new? Boy, that that's difficult. Um, I really love Austria, so I I would probably go to Austria again. Maybe spend more time in. There's so many places. We were in Poland uh, two years ago, and that was lovely. And Germany, and it, that was a great place to see. I think 
her son and his fiance may be getting married in Japan in 2022. So that's going to be a fun trip that's coming up. So I would say any 10 days, I'd take it anywhere. I, I love to travel. Yeah, I would. What about Austria? It kind of oh. interests you. I'm very interested in that. Yeah. So Austria, so the company I work for, they, they had me come over and I stayed with the family and we went into the very remote parts of Austria where no one spoke English. And, and um, so that was that was fun. Um, the cathedrals there were beautiful, especially in the smaller villages. You wouldn't expect in them. And then there would be this beautiful cathedral and um, it was just in the artwork, just so much about um, about Austria I loved. But I also enjoyed Hong Kong. I mean, that was an interesting trip too. Poland was great. Australia, New Zealand. I like to go back to New Zealand again. Um, so yeah, I just go anywhere. <laughs> It'd be great to yeah spend more than just you know forty eight seventy two hours in some of these places and yeah, yeah. get to spend and, you know you know and I've never traveled that it's been seventy two hours or I think I probably five days is the least I've ever spent. Oh in well, that's great that you've got to yeah. spend quite a bit of time right, in some of these right. places. So yeah no it was never you know whatever those old jokes are thirty countries in <laughs> ten days or whatever no 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 <laughs> no it was we spent time in each like yeah well that's good good good. Um, and then what's kind of a favorite uh, county or a local event that you're always looking forward to, whether it's maybe York Fest or, you know, Henderson, you know, Community Days or, you know, what's kind of a reoccurring, you know, activity? You mentioned the fair. I don't know if that's like yeah. something maybe, you, uh, maybe not, don't look forward to it still every year, but what's something that you look forward to? I think for a local event, it would probably be the Henderson Smorgasbord um, that the or high school yeah, yeah. or band. I just learned song. about this yeah. Yeah, not too long ago. Yeah. yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, so our, a shout out to our Henderson um, Smorgasbord. Um, it's a great event, and that's usually every March. Um, and also Henderson Community Days. That's a great time, and you you know a lot of the alumni come back, so you see especially your children's friends that have moved away, and and they they're back into the community. Uh, so that's a fun time too. That's smorgasbord. That's traditional, like like German and Austrian food. Uh, what Mennonite. Kind? Mennonite. Mennonite. Traditional food. Yeah. Mennonite food. Yeah. So cool. we have Veronica and Apoprushka and all that great food that I do not make, being a Western Nebraska <laughs> girl, but we sure enjoy it. Definitely. <laughs> Uh, so this next segment here um, is called What's Making Us Happy. It's just kind of a, a fun segment just to talk about the good that's going on in our lives. Um, I'll go first. I just got back from Vegas. Uh, I got to spend four days out in the desert. Um, it was it was great to kind of get away from, it wasn't super cold, but um, it was nice to get away from the cooler weather and just kind of, you know, get out there and kind of relax. Um, I had a schedule that I had to keep, so I didn't get to go and see too many fun things, but I did get to kind of walk around and enjoy the sights, go to the Hoover Dam, check out the Memorial Bridge that's right there as well. So I had a good time with that. So what about you? What's 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 currently making you happy? Gosh, well, you know, seeing my sons for Mother's Day was really nice. And, and next Saturday, in whatever, five days now, we leave for... Um, Savannah, Georgia, and we'll meet our daughter there. They're going to drive down from New York, her and her boyfriend, and then we'll meet his family, which we've not met yet. So that's exciting. 
Big step. Yeah, it's a big step. So it that'll be a great time. And we have an Airbnb rented, and we're just going to take our time and go antique shopping and just enjoy, you know, five or six days in Savannah. And then at the end of the trip, then we'll go on to Hilton Head to the wedding, which will be fun. And that's a three-day wedding. It's going to be a big event wedding. That'll be a big time. So that'll be fun, too. And it's, it's fun to attend, and I think all my kids will probably go more the low for destination wedding, so it's, <laughs> which is fine with me, too. Um, but it's it's good, and so that's that's a fun thing going on in my life currently, and, you know, I just had a couple leave here from the Jewelers Vault, and they are, we're doing a custom ring for their 50th wedding anniversary, which is a great fun. Exciting. Yeah, it's very exciting. And so, you know, it, and it never grows old. I've had some couples in last week, actually two couples that were a second marriage and, you know, they found love again after death and it was just a wonderful, it's a wonderful thing. I, I love the business because it always makes people happy. All the stories that you've probably heard and got to be a part of and, you know, you know, be a part of that magical moment in their lives and everything like that. That's really cool. Exactly. Like how many stories you get like that. So thank you for your time today. You know, uh, I really appreciate the last you know, almost hour now that we've been sitting here. So um, I'll let you close out the, the show with whatever you want. Any final words, a words of wisdom, a quote, a sales pitch, kind of however, <laughs> however you want to close out the, the sh close out the show. I'll, I'll let you do it. So it's all yours, Carrie. <laughs> you should have prepped me for that one. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for spending the afternoon here at the Jewelers Vault with me. Um, stop on by. We're in downtown York, and we are happy to make all your jewelry dreams come true. Thank you, Carrie. This is 17 County, brought to you by the York County Development Corporation in Nebraska. For more information about life and opportunity in the heartland, visit yorkdevco.com. Come grow with us. And if you liked this episode, be sure to rate and review 17 County on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Mm -hmm.